Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Well, hey there, Whole Life family. Uh, I hope wherever you are, you're feeling well. And uh, whether you're inside the church or outside the physical walls of the church like me this morning, I just want you to know we're so glad you're part of the Whole Life family. We're so glad that you are choosing to be with us on this uh, Sabbath day. We are just delighted to, to be with you. And yes, after two years, for the first time this week, I tested positive for COVID. Um, I was really hoping I'd make it all the way through this pandemic without, without that happening, but uh, it was not to be, I suppose. So uh, this week, like I said earlier this week, I tested positive. And uh, fortunately, fully vaccinated. As you can see, I am doing pretty well right now. I have a pretty mild case. Um, and I'm grateful to the scientists and doctors who brought that vaccination that I think really has helped me uh, be uh, okay through this. Um, a couple months ago, my son, Eric, uh, he, he gave me a call from his boarding school, uh, Fletcher Academy in North Carolina. And he said, Dad, um, I, I know that you're really busy on weekends and that, you know, you need to be at whole life on Sabbath, but I was wondering if, if maybe you'd be able to come, there's a father son retreat at my school and I'd, I'd really like it if you could come, but I know if you can, it's okay. I just, but if you could come, I'd really like it. And, uh, you know, we thought about it, we thought about it hard because I really want to go, I want to be there with him, but we also, Besides just the fact that, you know, I have to uh, be at church and preach on Sabbath, you know, there's the whole COVID issue. And uh, Rashawn and I talked a lot about it. We thought about it. Um, I'm fully vaccinated. Rochelle's fully vaccinated. Our family is. And we, we started thinking about, okay, should we do it? Should we not? Is it responsible? Is it irresponsible? And uh, you may or may not agree with the decision that we came to, but after you know, thinking it out, saying, you know, we're going to take all the safety precautions that we possibly can. We thought, you know, it's, it's really important that Eric know he's a priority in our life, that, that he's important and that we love him and care about him. And I really want to be with my son. I really want to go do this with him if it, since I know it means something to him. So we called him and said, you know, Eric, we're going to do it. Uh, I'm going to do it. And, uh, he was so excited. Um, he, uh, I saw a, an email later saying what the fee was. So I called him up and I said, Hey, Eric, I tell me how I need to go about paying this fee. He said, don't worry about it, dad. I've already paid the fee. I'm just so excited. You're going to be here. You don't, you don't need to pay me back. I just, I'm, I'm really excited that you're coming. And so, uh, so I went, it was a, it was a really wonderful weekend with him. Uh, just the, the retreat was awesome. We had a great time. And uh, then there was a big snowfall. Uh, that weekend uh, in North Carolina, big for North Carolina anyway, there's probably about seven or eight inches that came down. And we just, uh, and so my flight got canceled. It was supposed to fly out. 
And uh, so I got to spend an extra little bit of time with Eric in the boys dorm. And that was kind of neat because I got to be in his environment. I got to see all the people he talks about all the time. Um, I got to kind of meet the teachers and the, um, and, and the, the kids that Eric is with and just see him in his environment. And, and we just had this incredible time together. Uh, we just, it was just a good time with my son. And uh, so a little bit later this week when uh, I started coughing, I thought, oh, no, I was careful. I'm vaccinated, but I'm hearing this Omicron can do those breakthrough things. So I thought I'll go ahead and take a test just to be safe. And sure enough, it came back positive. And I, um, when Eric found out, he was, he was kind of upset. He, he was like, oh, dad, maybe you shouldn't have come. I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I'm really sorry that happened. And, um, and I told him what I, and I really mean this, and, and I hope that you'll hear it from a father's heart. But I said, that, son, I'd do it again. I'd do it again. And I know that's easy to say because I have a mild case. Um, but I'd do it again. When I weighed the, the risk versus being with my boy, totally worth it. Totally worth it to be with my son because I love him and I care about him. So, I know you're, you're probably wondering, well, what is this having to do with a rising with confidence? Well, I want to go ahead and I'll make the tie in for sure to that story at the end of, of the, our time together while we're talking today. But today's sermon is, is focused on a biblical character named Nicodemus. Um, if you've been in the Christian faith for a while, you may be already familiar with him. If you haven't been, maybe he isn't somebody that's familiar to him, to you. Nicodemus uh, lived while Jesus was here on earth, and he was a very influential man. Uh, He was a high-ranking politician. Um, He was a high-ranking religious leader in his time. And Nicodemus, I think, sometimes gets a little bit mistreated by us as Christians because Christians tend to paint Nicodemus as this kind of timid uh, man who um, doesn't seem to be able to get what Jesus is trying to say to him. Uh, the truth is that, that Nicodemus, I think, was an incredibly bold person. Nicodemus was an incredibly intelligent person. And I think that one of the points that we have to really understand when we look at Nicodemus' life is that even bold and intelligent people are humbled when they come to Jesus because Jesus is so much smarter, so much more above what any of us are capable of. Now, if I were to ask somebody who's familiar with the story of Nicodemus, where his story begins in the Bible, they would tell me probably the book of John, the third chapter. Nicodemus is only mentioned three times. They're all three times that he's mentioned in the book of John. Uh, he's, and most people would say, well, his story begins in John chapter three. But I want to tell you that Nicodemus' story actually begins in John chapter two. It begins near the end of that chapter. Now, one of the things I hope that you'll you'll realize and remember is that chapters and verses are actually a pretty recent uh, addition to the Bible. Um, they, they basically came about in about the 16th century. They were put there when publishing began, and it was a way to find verses easier. So there's nothing particularly sacred about the way that chapters and verses have been added to the Bible. They're just there to help us find passages easier. And so what can sometimes happen is we'll look at a story and we won't back up to the chapter before, which would actually help us understand what the writer is really doing, because what the writer is doing is continuing a thought from before. So let's take a look at uh, John chapter 2, 
we're going to look at verses 23 through 25 together. And so that, uh, those verses are going to come up on the screen so you can read along with me. John chapter 2, verses 23 through 25 said, Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about them. No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. So why is this significant? What does this have to do with Nicodemus? Well, immediately after these verses, it says, and a man named Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. So what's being said here is that Nicodemus is one of those peoples who saw the miraculous signs and wonders and began to trust in Jesus. And yet Jesus knew what was going on in Nicodemus' heart. He knew that Nicodemus had only come to him because he had seen something miraculous, that he didn't really have a connection to Jesus yet. And he didn't trust, he didn't put his trust in the fact that Nicodemus was always going to have his back, that, that Nicodemus was somebody that, that got it. But you know what he did? Jesus entrusted Nicodemus with some of the most beautiful Bible passages to be found. He speaks to Nicodemus and in the most profound and beautiful verses that we find in the Bible. And rather than go ahead and read those verses to you, I'd love to show you a clip that I think does just a fantastic job of capturing this interchange that happens between Nicodemus, the Jewish ruler, this brilliant man, and this humble rabbi who who was born into a carpenter family, this interaction that happens between them. It's a clip from The Chosen. If you're not familiar with The Chosen, it's just a fabulous uh, TV series, web series that you can uh, find. You can go to any of your app stores and just type in The Chosen. It'll it'll pop up or go to your favorite search engine and just type in The Chosen if you want to watch the whole series if you haven't. Uh, There's two seasons so far. They're doing a total of seven but this has got to be one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite clips from The Chosen. And, uh, and let's go ahead and roll it right now. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean like a new creature, a conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, and she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That part of you, that 
is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. Huh? I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? What? Listen. What do you hear? The wind. How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear its sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the Spirit, you can recognize His effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes. And I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. Can you imagine how that must have just blown Nicodemus' mind? Everything that he thought he knew about Scripture, everything he thought he knew about the Messiah, Jesus takes and turns upside down. And the Chosen did such a great job of capturing that that look that Nicodemus must have had, that, that just the just the mind-blowing experience. And can you imagine how hard it would be to change every paradigm that you had. It would take confidence, wouldn't it? It would take confidence to change that. So what would bring about that confidence? Well, I'd like to suggest to you that Jesus 
Jesus goes ahead and gives us the answer when we see what he was doing there. Did you notice how Jesus tries to move Nicodemus past his miracles and into a relationship with him? Did you notice how he said that he has to be born again? We, in Christian circles, we throw that, that, that term around born again a lot. But do you understand what that really means? To be born again means that you're born into a new family. You now belong to a new family, the family of God. Jesus is telling Nicodemus that he wants a deeper relationship with him than Nicodemus could have ever imagined. God was kind of cold and austere in Nicodemus' theological understanding. And yet here Jesus says that God loves the world in this way, that he sent his son to redeem that world, that he sent his son to make you, Nicodemus, a part of God's family. I want to suggest to you that signs and miracles are wonderful things. We all would love to see those in our life. We love seeing miracles. We love seeing miraculous. But true confidence, true confidence in Jesus really isn't, the foundation of that is not miracles and signs. The foundation is a deep, meaningful relationship with Jesus. That's what it is. And that's what Jesus moves Nicodemus toward. In the end of John chapter 2, Nicodemus is is all about the signs and wonders, and that's what brings him to Jesus. But Jesus invites him to move past that and to move into a confident relationship with him. Now, in Christian circles, we tend to kind of give Nicodemus a hard time because we say, well, you know, he had this meeting with Jesus, but then he's kind of the secret disciple. But I want to suggest to you that I see Nicodemus coming out of this conversation, a different person, a more confident person in who Jesus is. You see, when we look at the story, what we see at the end of Jesus' life is what we tend to focus on. We're we're kind of blown away because at the end, in John chapter 19, verses 38 through 39, which we can put up on the screen for you, um, we, we see that afterward, And this is actually John 19, uh, John 19, not John 7. So John 19 says, afterward, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus' body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. You know what? The Bible identifies Joseph of Arimathea as a secret disciple. But I want you to notice that it doesn't put that same word by Nicodemus. And I know that we tend to put them together because it says they came to him at night, kind of point out that he was maybe a little afraid to be associated with Jesus. But there's an earlier passage that uh, was actually up on the screen briefly there for you that gives me an indication that Nicodemus had become more confident in who Jesus was and that it wasn't so secret where Nicodemus's uh, sympathies lay. And that's that verse is John chapter seven. And I want you to see that I think John's that Nicodemus confidence has continued to grow and grow in Jesus, and it begins to expand and to the point where when Jesus finally dies, Nicodemus is 
happy, even in that moment, to stand by the dead body of Jesus when even Jesus' disciples aren't doing that. But that confidence is built. And I see it in John chapter 7, verses 50 through 52. So let's put that up on the screen. Then Nicodemus, the leader uh, who had met with Jesus earlier, spoke up. Is it legal to convict a man before he's given a hearing, he asked. They replied, are you from Galilee too? Search the scriptures and see for yourself. No prophet ever comes from Galilee. In this passage, Jesus is, they're trying to arrest Jesus. They're trying to uh, bring charges against him. And Nicodemus speaks up on Jesus' behalf. He says, is it legal to go ahead and, and convict a man without him being there? And from the reply of the religious leaders, it is very clear that they knew where Nicodemus stood with Jesus. They mock him. You're a smart theologian. You know that no Messiah, no prophet comes from Galilee. But you know what? Nicodemus had met Jesus. And even though theologically not everything probably made sense to him, he had become confident in Jesus to the point that he was willing to stick up for Jesus in person when when these charges were being brought against him. And it's obvious, like I said, that the others knew where Nicodemus' sympathy was and that he was with Jesus. It's amazing what a little time with Jesus will do. It's amazing how when we spend time with Jesus, the difference that it will make. You know, as I think about whether or not I made the right decision to go spend time with Eric last week, given the fact that because of that trip, I'm pretty sure that was what uh, brought on uh, me testing positive for COVID. When I think about all that, for me, what made it worth it made me know that I'd do it again is because I love my son. And for me, as I was preparing this message, it just hit home for me. That as much as my, I love my son and my wife loves my son, because it was a decision that Rochelle and I had to make together, because obviously this impacts her too. And fortunately, she's continued to test uh, negative for COVID. Uh, we're quarantining, but definitely this has a, an impact on her. It was a decision we had to make together. And family, what really hit home to me was that those verses that I've heard a million times as a pastor, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. You know, I'd been vaccinated. I was taking all kinds of precautions, and I was really hoping that I would make it through without getting COVID. And I thought there was a pretty good chance I would. And, uh, and I was willing to do that and take what I thought was a small risk. But you know what? God sent his son to this earth full well knowing exactly what was going to happen. And you know what he says? It was worth it. It was worth it. I want you today to know that that's the God that loves you. That's the God that cares about you. God loved the world so much that he sent his son to earth so that if you trust in him, if you believe in him, if you accept relationship with him, you don't have to die forever. That when Jesus comes back the second time, all those who have put their faith and trust in God and in Jesus, his son, will have eternal life. It's beautiful. And as you go through your life, there's a lot of things that sometimes don't make sense. There's things that can come along 
and test our faith. There are things that will come up theologically that we won't always understand or won't seem to make sense. But what always makes sense is that God so loved you that he sent his son to this earth to redeem you. And you know what? Knowing exactly how it went, he would do it again. He would do it again. Because of how God loves this world, because of how God loves you, you can have confidence to move past what doesn't make sense and with confidence arise to Jesus' love and know that he has your life and that he will make all things right. You can have confidence today. All right, now is the time for us to ask our questions again in response to that wonderful sermon. Um, I don't know about you, but I was definitely blessed today. Um, I also always love clips from The Chosen. I just want to rewatch that show over and over. Um, uh, so if you would like to submit a question, there's still some time. Please join me on wholelife.church slash live or on Facebook and just post a question there. Um, we already have some questions in, but I'll just make a quick note that some people don't want to ask a question because they don't want me to say that they asked it. And that's okay. Just put, don't say my name on your question. And it's totally fine. Um, our first question comes from first time question asker, um, Freud, which is how can we spend more time with, or how can we spend time with Jesus and where can we really find him? Because Nicodemus had the advantage of being face to face. Ken, how can we, how can we spend more time with Jesus? What a great question! And the answer is, uh, I don't, I want to, I don't want to be trite because it, it, to me it sounds a little trite. But the Bible, um, particularly the Gospels, I think that one of the blessings that we really underrate is the fact that we do have the Bible. We have the Gospels that we can read through, and we can really see who Jesus is there. And so, my encouragement is, if you want to know Jesus read through the Gospels multiple times. I think that you can't read through the Gospels enough. And then as you read through the rest of the Bible, I, how does it line up with what you see in Jesus' life? And there's some portions that actually it seems really hard for it to line up. You think, well, what on earth? How does that align with the Jesus that I'm seeing in the Gospels? But my challenge to you is those are my favorite places because what I find is that as I, as I really think about it and as I pray about it, God shows me, how there is alignment in all the Bible with the Gospels. And to me, spending time in the Word with with God, that's just an important thing. I want to also encourage you to talk to Him. I know it can feel a little awkward at times, especially if you're starting off, because you're not getting somebody talking back to you. You feel like you're just speaking, and maybe it feels like your your, your words are just echoing off the walls. But still talk to Jesus. It's incredible how Jesus brings things into my life that I need as I talk to him. There'll be times where a certain song will play. Um, and it doesn't have to just, by the way, be a Christian song. One of uh, my one of my favorite Christian artists, Jason Gray, came to Jesus uh, listening to uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water, which is written uh, by an agnostic person. But that's how he met Jesus um, when he was looking for him. And so my point is, 
if you look for Jesus, Jesus says, if you look for me with all your heart, you will find me. It's a promise. And so whether that's nature, whether that's the environment we're around, and whether that's in the Bible, Jesus will be found if you if you put your heart to finding him. That's a little bit like that uh, example that he gives to Nicodemus about um, the wind, uh, where it just, you don't necessarily know where it's coming or going, but you'll, you know when it's there. <laughs> that's, uh, yep. that's one of those. Exactly. Um, we have a couple more questions just checking here. Um, we're going to ask a question from Zoe, uh, about Nicodemus. What happens to him afterwards? Because we hear a lot about really just John three, chapter three, uh, is he mentioned later in acts? Uh, what else do we know about Nicodemus? Yeah, Zoe, uh, Nicodemus completely drops off the radar after the book of John is complete. He's not mentioned in the book of Acts, and he's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. So biblically, we don't know. However, there is church tradition. And what tradition says is that Nicodemus, after Jesus' death, sold everything that he had to help support the Christian church. He actually became a poor man um, afterwards. He, He was kind of thrown out of his positions of power. Uh, He gave up his money to support the early Christian church, but because of his wealth and because of what he did, the Christian church held the foundation and the financial resources uh, to be able to move forward. And so that's what church tradition says about Nicodemus. All right. Uh, We have time for one more question here. Um, It's from Russ, and it is, can our understanding of the Gospels increase or change over time uh, the way Nicodemus's did? I think they have to. I think that uh, in life, they say you're either um, you're you're either going up or you're going down, but you're not usually staying static. And so, what I would say is that we all should be growing in our walk with Jesus. If we're spending time, it's just like any other relationship. If you're in a relationship, um, the the good ones, you're growing and you're getting to know that person better and better with every day that goes by. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and if you guys still have questions out there, feel free to post those in the chat even afterwards. Any unanswered questions we take to the podcast, which is called This Is Whole Life. It comes out every Wednesday morning, and it's available everywhere that podcasts are heard. And so check that out and look for your question to be answered there. And thank you so much, Pastor Ken. Thank you, Stanley. I always appreciate you. Uh, For many of you, I know you don't realize this, but last night we launched a new, uh, very cool uh, worship experience that is, uh, I would say, right on the edge of what what can be done. Um, And Stanley is the brainchild of that. And uh, it was really cool. We're we're actually doing a, a live worship Friday night once a month. It's usually the third Friday of every month. And on a app called Twitch. It's where a lot of gamers hang out. So it may not be something that's familiar for you. Um, And that's maybe a little bit the point. We're trying to get outside the traditional walls of our church and to find uh, people who may not be always thinking about church and uh, put ourselves where they can access us. So uh, if you want to check out what we're doing, it's uh, you can get the app Twitch and then just go to Whole Life Orlando, uh, look them up. And that's us. And so uh, it's third uh, Friday of every month we're doing the loop there. So uh, hopefully you'll be a part of that. I want to thank each one of you for being here at church today. I want to invite you to join us again next week, uh, God willing, and a negative test. I will be there and I'll look forward to seeing you. Um, I just hope you know that you're loved. I love you. 
This church loves you. And uh, we hope that you will take the love that you experience here out into your world and make this world a better place. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We can't wait for you to come back. Thank you so much for sending your son in spite of what you knew was going to happen. We thank you uh, for that incredible love. And may we delve into a deep relationship with you that will give us confidence to go where you call us. We pray in your name. Amen. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.